Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. Get a deal with coke if I wasn't rapping about the past back dealing dope. Got the offer in the structurally, there's there's a lot of a lot of pressure there, it feels like, you know. When when one of them's off kilter, you really feel it. See, not where I thought you were gonna go with this. Oh no, this isn't the joke. Okay. I thought I thought see what I was gonna drill down on was gonna be like like you know, like you know, I switched to a smaller wallet. Because I took my car in to get its alignment checked, and the mechanic was telling me that, you know, like, even a quarter inch off on one side can, you know, really wear down the tread. And, you know, I'm Polish. Not a lot of tread there to work with. Oh, yeah. You, you got to get around that thick of a wallet, man. I don't got that much tread to spare. You really got to throw in that if your camber is off by 0.1 degree, it's like dragging your tire sideways for 40 feet every mile. That is kind of what it feels like to walk with a butt cheek out of alignment. It's like, you're like, I'm doing damage. Like, there's <laughs> something's wrong yep. here. Erosion is occurring. Yeah, I'm eroding things. You're going to start dog tracking like Justin's looking like a 71 Nova where the fucking <laughs> rear end is shifted like a foot to the right. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, hey, I... hey, Justin, what's up? Nothing, man. Don't, don't worry about it. Dude, I remember when I was working uh, out in... Oh, I want to say it was New Baltimore... Uh, it was, it was maybe one of the white trash, like, beta versions of New Baltimore that are, like, you know, kind of dotted around the outskirts. Yeah, some other culturless suburban wasteland. Yeah, like, maybe Anchor Bay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. shout out Anchor Bay, you piece of shit. Fucking. Shout out the McMansions of Michigan. Oh my god, dude. That whole place is, like, it's just, like, you know, where, like, you know... You know what they, like, when in, like, Tuscan, like, in Italy and France, where they're like, oh, like, the the ocean affects the terroir and in this certain way, and it's like, ah, yes, uh, Anchor Bay, where Fent meets the sea. Mm, <laughs> like, mm, dope on the lakes. Uh, you want to get stabbed in a boat? <laughs> yeah, it's great, man. It's fucking yeah, it's fucking hot. It's Michigan. The farther north you get, the farther south the people go. <laughs> yep. Remember that quote from Brett Kavanaugh when he was being, uh, you know, interrogated, like and and he said, "Do I look like the type of guy that gets into a fight on the boat?" I bet yeah. that happened in Anchor Bay. <laughs> I bet yeah. that happened in Anchor Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's Dude. you know, for some reason, it's because we're surrounded by water. Michiganders love fighting on the water. Yeah, oh my god, it's like a fucking pastime to have, a, to have yeah. a fist fight on a lake. Like, between two boats, you just kind of, like, you get them close enough to, like, you don't have to lower a gangplank or anything, but... No, you just, you just jump over. No, oh, I don't think we've talked about uh, the the river or the lakeside fuckfest that is uh, Jobby Noonan it's not on the just, It's not just fucking. There's some fucking that occurs. Yeah, but well, that happens in any event where the main attraction is drinking. Yeah, exactly. But Jobby Nooner is basically this this event that occurs every summer in this specific lake uh, in Michigan. And all the people, uh, you know, bring their boat and or jet ski and or whatever, uh, you know, platform raft uh, inflatable and lash them all together into just like a giant boat shanty village of drinking and debauchery that uh, 
Uh, I believe originally the point was to be outside some municipality's rule, but I don't know if that's uh, accurate. <laughs> that's hilarious. I didn't know that about it. I think I thought it was just something that people were like, "Yeah, come on over here, we'll drink," and then like more I people think, joined. I think I think it's. I think that's probably that, but I, I believe some uh, either either some alcoholic or heroin addict that I've helped at one of my many retail jobs probably put that uh, anecdote in my brain. And it's you know that's the nice thing about talking talking with like alcoholics and addicts is like if you talk to them long enough, you just start to have their anecdotes as facts in your brain. Sometimes that's how you learn. Well, sometimes that's how you learn. And sometimes they walk in and ask if you've been smoking, my prince. Oh my god. I have I have this lady who's like, Honey, honey, I love you, honey. Honey, oh honey, oh honey, 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 honey. And she d- she's got hard smoker's voice, also no teeth, but also full dentures. Mm. But uh, but they're not seated well, so... So it's every, not glued down. So with every word, she's like trying to keep, she's like clenching. It's... <laughs> It's she's like, chasing after him. It's like if they were a. It's like if a frog lived in her mouth and it did all the chewing for her, but it didn't like its job, and it was trying to escape. <laughs> that is, God damn it, man! You are you are a wizard with words. She's oh Christ! Such a sweetheart. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that that, that feels like depressed. sufficient intro material. Let's let's go uh, ahead and get to the episode. Uh, hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again to Worst in the Industry, the show where we three train cars attempt to uh, bump and grind our way eventually to the truth uh, without falling off of our, our narrow little track. Uh, my name is Justin Saint Peter, uh, and uh, I shouldn't have said bump and grind. That made things kind of weird to my left. Oh, wow, it really did. R. Kelly's in prison for a reason, and my name is Colin Stanley. To my left... Uh, my name's Tyler, and I'm a train car that has a uh, 1524 uh, gauge track width, uh, so that way I'm a, I'm a Russian train car that doesn't work on literally anywhere else in the world. Speaking of disasters from Ohio... Oh. Hey, hey. R. Kelly is also from Ohio. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you for that lesson on R. Kelly. I believe so. I could be speaking. I could, you know what? I could be. I could be I, we don't need to fact check that. Too. Who gives a shit? He's a pedophile. Yep. He could be from Ohio. <laughs> he, you know what? We're we're gonna go ahead and say he's from Ohio. So, um, yep. Uh, Norfolk Southern's what we're talking about today. I'm sure you guys have uh, all seen the the news. Yeah. Uh, you everybody everybody knows about it. So, Justin, um, could you? You know, for the, for the listeners who don't know, could you please explain what a train is? Oh, so uh, a train, right, is this thing uh, that we have that carries things uh, and sometimes people when you're smart about it. Uh, mm. And a train is, is an interconnected series of cars or cargo containers, uh, which is pulled by one or more engines on one end uh, down a singular track. Uh, through which there, it can't, like, turn, uh, but it can move at very high speeds, generally speaking, uh, at relative uh, fuel efficiency. Perfect. And, Colin, do you know what the standard, uh, like, what the usual speed of train is? <laughs> You're such an asshole. Uh, 65 miles per hour. It's 50, actually. Oh, wow. Seems but, less efficient than driving on the highway, buddy. Well, hey, when you're pulling uh, literally millions of tons, uh, that's that's moving pretty fucking quick. I disagree. <laughs> Don't planes move way faster than that, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. Trains, you're gonna have to really work me on trains. <laughs> well, as we all know, cars bad, train good. Yeah, well, car bad, train good. I'd car bad, train good. It's gonna take some convincing. I'm opposed. But um, one I'm thing on that our side of Norfolk Southern right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what I'm all right, saying. All right, all right. Well, I'm going to try to... over, Tyler, with your I'll, argument. I will try to. All right, uh, but, I, but I'm thinking that acid rain might be, you know, what's hot next year. It's, it's as, hot all the time. 
as we all know, well, as we we obviously we all know what a train is, um, but what we might not <laughs> yes, know is that uh, yeah, exactly. No, Thank of you, Justin. Thomas, you muppet. They didn't explain what the trains were in Thomas the Tank Engine, bitch. A train is a self-evident being. I disagree. Colin, you're you're a diesel. Anyway, so. Train, train, train companies and the railroad tracks the trains run off of are all privately owned in the United States. There is no nationalization of anything, which is pretty fucked. You know how, like, Not in every what? Western movie, they're like, the railroad tycoon's killing everybody. And then you're like, isn't that, like, such a funny, like, period antagonist? You're like, oh, they never went away. Oh. <laughs> Nobody ever beat him. <laughs> oh, oh, we still have railroad tycoons. They're just not mustache-twiddling villains tying women God, to tracks. You not know, gonna they're lie. Just, they're just tying women to, like, chairs in boardrooms now and twiddling, mm -hmm. like, mustache tattoos on their forefingers because they're Gen Xers. God, if I could go back in time and... I, w I would absolutely become a railroad baron. I feel like that would be would. the most fun yeah, life. Yeah, you're, you're a ruthless <laughs> maniac, Tyler. You're perfectly yeah. cut out for it. Just just drinking brandy in a train car. Tyler would be drinking brandy, killing people with a truncheon, all the things a railroad tycoon needs to be able to do. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. um, the, the, the Norfolk Southern thing that happened, uh, we've, we've all seen it. Um, the... Uh, train was uh, 149 cars total. 20 of them were carrying hazardous materials, um, and it derailed, uh, spewing uh, vinyl chloride gas into the atmosphere, uh, creating a uh, death plume of toxic gas in East Palestine, Ohio, about a month ago. So we're going to talk we about. Do we talk about? Uh, I think. Did we talk about uh, on an episode why it was like happening like that? Like why it happened? Oh, why, why it came out in a giant smoke plume? Because they decided well, that a controlled burn was safer than uh, just which, letting it go? Which was true. They, they well, yeah, right yeah, it does. It turns into gas. It has a boiling point of 7 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah, so, so it, it immediately be, turns into gas. It has to be burnt off or else it dissipates. There, yeah, or else area, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is this, and causing more issues. I guess, I guess really my question here is, is the, are we having a conversation about the labeling and regulation um there will be there will be a part about regulation cool 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 because cool. that, that's that was that was my understanding that was what i was interested in was the fact that they they'd had these um standards pulled on uh on what was to be considered super fucking dangerous yeah uh so we're, we're gonna talk about that cool awesome it just occurs so, to me that I probably should have asked my dad about the effects of vinyl chloride. Uh, I'm going to get to that. About you guys. Well, it's, I don't know if you guys knew this, but my dad is like, he spent 10 years training for FEMA to be a hazmat specialist. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he carried an MP5 for the why FEMA it, death, death squad. Why doesn't Kevin, why isn't Kevin getting shipped down to Ohio right now? Because he's, I don't think he works for FEMA anymore. Well, he should try to get in. It's good work. Yeah, get a, get, give him another MP5. get his hands on an MP5. My, my, yep. my dad is too old and has taken too many bullets to the leg to be traveling to Ohio for work anymore. I just, I want, I want to see Kevin, I want to see Expendables, Kevin. Where Kevin gets fucking yoked and he's got the MP5 and he's, he's got like the two battle, of them. He's got the two battle of them. outfitted ambulance. And it's like it's like yeah, it's got, got spikes fucking, on the front. It's got like the the spiked cow catcher and fucking saw blades coming out of the side. <laughs> yep. Dad, where are you and going? He's, he's like the doctor away, is in. The doctor. <laughs> is in. No, 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 no. He would he would come up with a much much worse paramedic joke because my dad's very specific. He is a paramedic. He is not a doctor. Yeah, he would make he would make like some sort of like radio call reference either that, that or he would, would get do something with the letters ems or he would have a powerpoint <laughs> just projecting on the windshield all right so 
Nor Norfolk's back to trains. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. This tangent about my dad got way too this, long. But. This episode's gonna get really heavy, so I'm trying to... Just imagine well, Kevin. Imagine Kevin fighting the train every time. It's he also. Gets sad. It's. I also have twenty one hundred words, so it's. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a short episode. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta. Oh, I. I wanna. I really wanna soak in all the vinyl chloride, Tyler. I'm okay with going a little over, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, Norfolk Southern, as all train companies do, has somewhat of a checkered past with derailments, because as the saying goes, you can't make omelets without cracking some eggs, right? Yeah, you can't make omelets without vinyl chloride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And although it may seem now like like there's an absolute fuck ton of derailments happening, train derailments have uh, steadily been on a downturn since trains have existed. There's been a steady small increase from uh, since 2015 from some deregulation in the industry, but maybe about 50 or so per year. Um, it's not it hasn't really gone up or down really that much. Um, we're still averaging about 1,800 to 2,000 train derailments every year. Um, now, with that out of the way, we can talk about the specific derailment. The so it's it, it's inconclusive, and nothing has uh, officially been stated yet. But what had probably happened, and I'm saying probably because I don't want to get sued. Allegedly. Allegedly. There was a wheel bearing that had uh, completely worn out. There are videos of one of the bearings sparking along the tracks before the derailment happened. It could also be attributed to possibly improper loading of cars with empty cars being loaded towards the front of the train, but we can't say for certain that that happened or could be a factor in the wreck. Now, um, wheel bearings are, are very, very, very important to anything with wheels. <laughs> like, please, please explain what a wheel bearing is and does. So... Um, like, on your car, you have your RPM gauge, because your engine, you know, goes, and then it shifts, and then it goes down, and then, right? Yeah, and that, understand. that, that is spinning the spindle inside of the bearing. So when that engine RPM goes down, your wheels don't just all of a sudden catch and go a slower speed like your engine does. The wheel bearing allows it to freewheel on top of that. Okay. And now, Justin... Um, you have seen what happens when a wheel bearing uh, fails on a car with our mutual friend. Uh, I think it was like right after we graduated or right before we graduated high school. Um, his wheel just completely came off. That happened to me on the freeway. Yes, yes yeah. I do recall that. That happened yes. to me on the freeway, guys. Yep. Yeah, it just separates yeah, entirely just, and, the, and the wheel just comes off. I will say this. Uh, my car had been without power steering for a minute by the time that that wheel had, that my bearing had failed and the wheel had come off. And I gotta say, my steering, much smoother without one of my wheels. Yep. <laughs> once I lost, once I lost that front right wheel, I was like, ooh, wow, it's like, it's like I don't even need the power steering. I was like, I, you know what? I can go back to work. I was working at a, at a, a, a job that I quit, basically uh by not going in that day <laughs> yep yeah um and yeah so uh, this it's wheel bearings um i had something else to say here um wheel bearings on on trains specifically are are, are similar to the same thing on cars oh what i was going to say about cars if your car sounds like an airplane and when you get on the expressway it goes whoop, 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 that means you have a wheel bearing that's bad and get that shit fixed it means get off the die. fucking expressway and die. you can you can tell you can tell which side it's on because if you go on an on-ramp or an off-ramp where you're you know locked pretty much to one side of the steering and if it's louder when you're turning to the left it's on your right side and if you're it's louder when you're turning to the right it's on your left side because of the way the weight shifts so we're saving lives right now tyler people are listening to this on the freeway like it's like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Time to oh. get off. Uh-oh. Hazards. Put, hey, yep. if, put if your hazards you, on. Call your boss. Going to be late to work. Pause the podcast right now. Put your hazards on. Call your boss. Yep. 
and take your car to a uh, local uh, mechanic. Uh, don't take it to a fucking corporate cuck dealership. Well, anyway. I mean, a dealership might be the best option for you. As long as it's place. not suburban. Anyway. Yes. So the uh the the wheel bearings now are pretty much the same as the ones that are in cars they're roller bearings um they used to be friction bearings which they used to have in cars as well which were uh good for the time but looking back on it definitely the worst way to do it uh, <laughs> um and there's uh there's lubricant inside these bearings to keep it spinning because without lubricant it'll overheat and it'll start sparking like we've seen in the video if you want to look it up just search North norfolk southern train wheel bearing and it'll be like the first video on youtube and you can see a fucking cctv footage of the train going by and one of the wheels just like sparking like crazy i've seen that footage i think yep. it's the first thing i saw when i found out about the derailment yep so um there are temperature sensors in the bearing journals to let the conductor know the temperature of the wheel bearings and sensors alert the conductors when the bearing temperature goes over 170 degrees Fahrenheit above ambient temperature. It has been revealed by investigators that one of the bearings was at 253 degrees Fahrenheit above ambient temperature in the lead up to the derailment. So, good. yeah, all, all things pointing to the wheel bearing being the issue. I can't say for certain, it's just... That's what has been found. It does appear to be evident, yes. Mm -hmm. Unlike trains as a concept. Unlike trains as a concept. They are not. So. It's, they should, you know, that's not even a fair comparison. Anyways. Mm -hmm. So, once this was known to the operators, the, uh, the train operators applied the emergency brakes, but uh, unfortunately it was too late. So... I'm going to get into a lot of specifics here. I'm going to throw a lot of things out because there is a lot of uh, discourse on the internet that is just, like, just not true entirely. What? <laughs> yeah. From, from the side that I agree with, typically. So, this train was equipped with electro-pneumatic brakes, which is an uh, older concept based on the pneumatic air brake designed by Westinghouse, which we talked about. As Thanks, George as, Westinghouse. As soon as, I just want to say right now, as soon as Tyler was like, we're doing the train derailments, I was like, his little machinist brain, he's going to talk mm -hmm. about the brakes. We're going to yep. talk about the brake systems. Thank fucking God. Yeah. We're talking about the brake system. Of Take course, Mama Bird's going to give us the whole meal. I'm so happy. So, I'm going to be so full. So, so these have... Electro-pneumatic brakes, which apply brakes to the front car first, and then once the brake is applied to the first car, it goes down the line with, uh, with the pneumatic pressure, the air pressure. Uh, in, so in 2017, specific regulation was shot down for a mandate of installation of ECP brakes, which are electronically controlled pneumatic brakes, which is a new system which gives the conductor greater control on the braking applied to each car specifically at any time not a down the line procedure like the electro pneumatic brakes so they could see oh this car has the uh the wheel bearing overheating we can apply a little bit more brakes to that one and less brakes to the other ones so that way that one can kind of slow down a little bit first or they can apply it to you know which cars have the most weight or however they want to do it. It works like a uh, like a trailer brake system that you see on on trucks now. Um, but the legislation specifically said, and people are coming out and saying like, "Oh, this was the problem. This was the problem." Not really. So Bullshit. the legislation the legislation said that ECP brakes needed to be mandated on HHFT high hazard flammable trains carrying at least one car with a packing group one classification, which vinyl chloride somehow doesn't even have a packing group classification. Although it is listed as a flammable 2.1 uh, class material with the likes of hydrogen, so would have ECP brakes helped? Probably but I can't say for certain whether or not it would have. Question. 
Yeah. Are we gonna talk about why vinyl chloride was not included in that? No, there's okay. I couldn't find anything about that. I can that. tell you why. Um, so uh, the reason vinyl chloride is not included in that is because until Obama was president, we did not have any regulations on any kinds of contents uh, yeah. regarding that for, for rail shipping. If mm -hmm. you um, and under Obama, we were we were able to uh, he basically tried to get all of them. Uh, and there were there were people he didn't try. There were progressive people. His administration, uh, under his under his administration, exactly, yeah. agitating against his administration uh, for him to widen it to include things uh, specifically such as vinyl chloride, um, because basically the regulation was uh, that it would include things like oil and and oil products like you know gasoline, kerosene, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. that would be stuff that was included and would have to be treated appropriately and would have to have these brake systems installed. Um, and the big, the big part of it, too, the big reason it was fought against was because of uh, Norfolk Southern's... Are, are we, well, we were going to talk about it. But, yeah, yeah basically... Um, and then I believe Donald Trump uh, repealed the regulations uh, on the classifications for those contents. So it's really just... It is a long history of presidents well, the, failing. The classification of those, the, the contents of the trains are are from the Department of Transportation. That that hasn't changed yep. besides the Obama era administration as far as the, the packing group stuff. Um, but I actually have this next. Um, according to the Federal Register, which I said that um, those brakes would be mandated on HHFT, the high hazard flammable trains. Um, the rule defines an HHFT as a train comprised of 20 or more tank car loads of a class 3 flammable liquid in a continuous block or 35 tank car loads of a class 3 flammable liquid across any entire train. This specific train did not have all of 20 of the uh, tankers in a line, so it wouldn't have even gone under the classification for needing the brakes in the first place. Because so, it is a it is a flammable class two point one material, so not a, a flammable failure, class three material. So it's a failure material. of government regulation on top of everything else. In a way, yes, um, but also it's just, you know, it it all just happened to be this way. That's so it's 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 a perfect storm of failure. Um, so now we're going to talk about safety inspections of these uh these train cars which i have a i have a little clip i'm gonna play here um of uh it's a vice video from about a year ago titled quote frame cars and freight cars in the u.s are a disaster waiting to happen <laughs> all right here we go waiting federal regulations say train cars aren't supposed to go more than 3500 miles without a safety inspection but workers told me it's common to see cars that haven't been inspected for 10 times that distance. One worker said he recently saw cars that hadn't been inspected for 90,000 miles. And when inspections do happen, there's less time to do them. It used to take about three minutes to inspect a car. But about five years ago, Norfolk Southern, one of the biggest freight companies in the US, said inspections need to be done in two and a half minutes or less. Many workers told me that was pretty reasonable, but in the past two years, management dropped that to two minutes per car, then 1.8, then 1.5, now it's 1.4. So you have one minute and 24 seconds to inspect an entire freight car. For all of the possible safety uh, hazards that could be on it. I actually have their uh, Norfolk Southern's C100 uh, inspection sheet right here. I will oh, send boy. it in chat. Let's see. Let's take a look. See. I'm sure it's gonna be very reasonable. I mean, it's you know, it's it's an inspection sheet, realistically. Yeah. I mean, it it's basically a bunch like of things. make sure it's not leaning. Make sure it's not fucking you know, like dipped in the middle. Make sure the coupling's okay. Yeah. Make sure the doors the, aren't right. The big thing there is the overheated wheel or journal that a, that possibly could have been overlooked so because, you, you know, they're on such a... Mm -hmm. Of a train, um, mm -hmm. what part of the train are you referring to? 
the journal is the um the the it's basically like a tube that the bearing sits in okay. from the axle thank you mm-hmm um, so if that has signs of being overheated previously, like, okay, it's been getting hot, it's discolored, you know, it's starting to, like, rainbow, basically, that's what it kind of looks like, um, but it's, it's, it's basically a pretty, you know, just normal inspection sheet, it's more of that they had 150 train cars, and they have a minute and 24 seconds per car to do their inspection. That's it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. less than half that, the amount of time that they should have. They have to things are gonna get things things are gonna get overlooked. And the the issues of the the, the staff shortages, I'm sure that we're gonna going to get into. I'm sure exacerbate this problem. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So this uh, I'm gonna do some quotes from a uh, Guardian article. So in late 2016, Stephanie Griffin, a former Union Pacific uh, Pacific car man, went to her manager with concerns that she was getting pushback for tagging or reporting for repair rail cars. Her manager said it was okay to skip inspections. Griffin asked the manager if if he could put that in writing. That's weird, said the manager. We have 56 other people that are not bad ordering stuff out there. You're definitely not going to get in trouble for it. Griffin said he refused a bad order, mark for repair, cars for bad wheel bearings. My boss took issue with it because it increased our dwell time. When that happened, corporate offices would start berating management to release the cars. Of course. Of course. Griffin also claimed that she and other workers did not receive any formal training to inspect and repair rail cars and were left to learn from older workers and figure out the rest from American Association of Railroads and the Federal Railroad Administration handbooks. Griffin suggested that all major railroad uh, carriers operate similarly. As part of her job on the rail yard, Griffin was to inspect all rail cars on inbound journeys for defects and put a tag on them to send those cars to the railroad yard repair shop. On outbound journeys, workers were supposed to check the car's air brakes and make a final inspection. But she said management, at the behest of corporate, undermined workers' effectiveness on the job. She said, quote, The regulation at the time stated that a wheel bearing was bad when it had, quote, visible seepage. But that was very vague, and the bosses used that vagueness to their advantage. For me, it was whenever oil was visible on the bearing. For my bosses, they wanted actual droplets and proof it would leak on the ground. That's fucked. Yeah. That is that takes a <clears throat> that takes a lot of damage to a bearing to get it to do that. Yeah, yeah, like if it's if fully it's cracked at that point. Yeah, it yeah, the the uh, the housing is cracked on the bearing if it leaks at all. And once it starts leaking, eventually it's going to overheat because there's going to be no lubrication, and then it's going to start sparking, like we saw. Quote, most railroad workers are fighting against an entire system that only exists as a money-making apparatus to the wealthy. Those trains run through our towns. They do not run next to rich folks' homes, nor next to their politicians' home. This is a top-down problem. I always I literally live in a town that was used to be a railroad station, and mm-hmm. there are literally like five or six different like railroad crossovers right around my house. So it's well, like, yeah, I. It's something you know happens. About, it's gonna be right around me. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know what I thought of too was fucking the the Amtrak lines in Michigan run straight through Battle Creek. Literally directly between the Kellogg and Post factories that provide cereal to, I don't know, 40% of the country? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trains trains are trains are pretty important. If you like having stuff, it was probably on a train at some point. It was almost certainly on a train, and also on a truck. Yeah. Yep. So... As we all know, dear listeners, even though earlier it may have seemed like I was some kind of train cuck defending Norfolk on complying with federal placarding standards and train classifications, I'm not. Don't worry. Yeah, they have the their own. Yeah, they got they got their own train cuck. 
He's a man named David Urban. Does that sound familiar to either of you guys? Yes, train bulls are a different kind of thing, Justin. Uh, so, did Mr. David Urban was a Trump campaign advisor in 2016 and 2020. Uh, under the Trump administration, he was chair on the American Battle Monuments Commission, and it was also frequently reported that he was on the short list from Trump to be his White House chief, chief of staff. Just head bitch. Yeah, head bitch. Head bitch. Head bitch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab another drink real quick. You guys can talk about head bitch. Head bitch. That really is basically what the position of White House chief of staff is. It's just head bitch. Wouldn't have been cool if it was like Ghost Rider. What, like on a on a train? What if Ghost Rider was press secretary? I'd vote for him. Would the would the You're podium? But press secretary is an unelected position. If somebody would... ran on an entire platform of I'm gonna make Ghost Rider my press secretary, I would vote. I don't care. Would the podium, like, start to have, like, flames and chains and stuff on it? Oh, for sure, for sure. We're talking about Nick Cage Ghost Rider, right? Yeah, Nick Cage is Johnny Blaze. Yeah, exactly. okay. So, um, this guy, Dave Urban, uh, he is now a CNN pundit who appears regularly to discuss, well, anything, because he's definitely one of those, like, smartest guy in the room types. Mm. He's one of those guys who's like, yeah, he's an expert. On what? He's an expert. Yep. Being an expert. Yeah, he's he's a consultant. Uh, so he he recently appeared, he recently appeared on CNN's State of the Union on February twenty sixth, uh, to quote a Media Matter Matters article about this segment. I made quote, it in during leadership, the, minored in innovation. Yeah. Quote, during the segment, Bash said that Trump administration rolled back regulations, to which Urban replied, "There's plenty of blame to go on around this. On these kind, when these th kind of things happen." But what's important, what we do moving forward, right? To take care of people in these towns and the communities. And then he went on to criticize Biden administration for allegedly sloughing off the crisis. He went on for what, that half a sentence? Yeah. That's, for a second, Tyler was like, are you okay? But then I realized mm -mm. that you were reading it verbatim. Yeah, I, I thought my mic was cutting out too. I was like, ah, oh, shit, we're getting audio issues again. Uh, no, like, that's just that Tyler. asshole. Tyler smells burnt toast. I mean, we, gotta find, <laughs> we gotta find a fucking second chair again. Goddamn. No, nope. but here's the funny yeah. thing: is what he, what he and CNN failed to disclose. What he and CNN failed to disclose that uh, until 2020, David Urban was the president of a lobbying group called the American Continental Group, where he lobbied the government on Norfolk Southern specifically's behalf since 2009 and reportedly received $1.14 million for his service. Reportedly. Reportedly. He is the Republican version of Pete Buttigieg, by the way. So per mm. it's, per it's perfect that he is like, he is like in this position, like defending Trump about the vinyl chloride spill at the same time that Pete Buttigieg is like, oh, it's not my fault, even though I'm the only one with power to regulate this. Yep. I didn't um, do it. Other examples of his uh, ethical issues specifically on CNN are he urged a military strike against Iran without any disclosure that he worked for dis defense contractors. He praised the defense secretary, Mark Esper, without the network disclosing that he personally lobbied the defense department on behalf of defense contractors. Oh. He report he repeatedly attacked environmental protections without disclosing he lobbied for fossil fuel re uh, related clients, including Norfolk Southern with transports coal. He repeatedly pushed for the passage of a trade agreement on air after he was hired to lobby for it. Network didn't say anything about that, and he touted a lobbying client's opposition to a tax bill without any disclosure that they paid him. Wow, what a pig. Just a, yeah. just a lot of money being changed hands and just not telling anybody about it. It's weird how that no. always happens in these things. These industries. Yeah. It's, it's almost like lobbying is... It's almost like... It's almost like lobbying... Lobbying is just another word for corruption. No, 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 no. No, bribery. No, Anyway. Uh, he now works for a, a small company called ByteDance, where he's a executive vice president for North American Corporate Affairs. 
Uh, and as we all know, companies that are headquartered in China and illegal domicile in the Cayman Islands are entirely above board. Oh, I, was, uh, they, they, I, I literally, I was like, oh, this guy's job is jerking off in his office, but he doesn't even have an office to jerk off in. Oh, he's got an office. You know what they, you know what, do you know what bike dance is? Bike they made dance. a they made they made bite dance b-y-t-e dance uh they made a little app called uh tiktok i hate you yeah they're just a small company headquartered small in china and legal legal domicile in cayman islands you know yeah just a small small company yeah, um, so that's that guy. Um, so now we're going to talk about the uh, the environmental impact of uh, of of this issue, Woo! and I'm going to play. I'm going to play. So this train derailment happened. Was it February fourth? It was the first week of February. It was February fourth, I believe. Yeah. So this came out two weeks ago. This is posted on Norfolk Southern's YouTube channel. Oh my God. Oh, so, perfect. so just, 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 here we go. People have questions. People have concerns. In the days since the derailment, crews have been cleaning the accident site. People are back home. But many of the same questions remain. Is the air safe? Uh, is it safe for my child to come back home? Is it safe for my mom, my grandparent to, to come back home? Uh, is it safe for my pets to come back home? Sarah Burnett is a toxicologist with CTEH, an environmental consulting firm. She's one of dozens of scientists in East Palestine helping answer those questions about air quality. So what do you say to them? What is that answer? I say to them that we have detected uh, no vinyl chloride or other constituents related uh, to this incident in the air and that all of our air monitoring and sampling data collectively do not indicate any short or long-term risks to them, their children, or their families. CTEH has decades of experience handling toxicology and environmental health issues in communities around the country, working with a variety of government services and businesses. They started testing the air in East Palestine within hours of the derailment, and that testing has continued every day throughout the day since then, with two types of air monitoring. Real-time air monitoring includes using these handheld devices to test air quality all over the community, from schools and libraries to homes. And these stationary devices placed at the outskirts of the derailment site do real-time monitoring too, pulling readings every 15 seconds. Then there's analytical air sampling, where data is gathered over the course of 24 hours before it gets sent to a lab. They've collected hundreds of thousands of data points, giving them the confidence to say the air is safe. For questions about the air, there's a number that will get you to a toxicologist, and you can also call for air monitoring at your home. Every time I hear somebody say East Palestine, I want to make a joke about Zionist settlers. I was about to say, I was about to say, I was about to say, can I please, can I please, can I please say the joke? Do you think that they gave the train the same kind of funeral as Robert Maxwell as a hero of Israel? Anyway, can we move on? So, vinyl chloride is, is nasty. It's, it's, it's what? rough. It's yeah. bad for um, you. Here are the health concerns of relate of uh, of exposure to vinyl chloride. Exposure to vinyl chloride may increase a person's risk for developing cancer. Human and animal studies have showed higher rates of liver, lung, and several other types of cancer. Being exposed to vinyl chloride can affect a person's liver, kidney, lung, spleen, nervous system, and blood. Yeah, it's not good. It's almost like ingesting or getting into contact with two things that are bad for people, vinyl and chloride is not a good idea. I also, no. I don't really buy that they're like, it's clean. Like, well, well I'm here's sure we're the, going to get here's into the thing. CTA, CTEH and who pays their checks. <laughs> well, we're going to get into CTEH. But, so, 
vinyl chloride and and they have uh stated a bunch of times that they're like don't worry the drinking water's clean the drinking water's clean the drinking water's clean it's like i'm sure it's clean right now but let's talk about all of the rivers and creeks around fucking east palestine that have hundreds of dead fish in them what you know about water that, tables, so bitch. so you know we we're lucky in in michigan where our fresh water just comes from the fucking God's lakes tit. yes the, the the largest source of fresh water on earth the great lakes. yeah there's the of the great there's, turtle feeds us every day like there there are videos you can look up videos there's like a chemical sheen on top of these fucking rivers um disgusting ohio bullshit and i'm sure the water is clean now but once that all runs off into the aquifers in months to years might be a different story, but don't worry. They'll probably stop testing by then. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they can. And they definitely won't offer it for free. You know, exactly. Like, you remember remember, all, remember that, that oil, that little oil series that we did that I was killing myself over? Yeah, yeah that little oil parts. series. And we were talking about how, like, and then the updates. And then how, hey, Colin. Uh, hey, Colin. I'm going to bring it all back to that oil series. Oh don't you worry. God, don't you worry, buddy. At, at the end, it's going to round out perfectly. Just you wait. So vinyl chloride's a class A carcinogen uh, with the likes of asbestos. Like, it will give you cancer. It's not a matter mm -hmm. of if it will give you cancer. Yeah, but class class A carcinogens are kind of weird. It's inert! Like, they, they say that the, the ethanol in alcoholic drinks is a class A carcinogen. I mean, yeah, booze will give you cancer, but... Yeah, exactly. It, it all, everything yeah, will, so... A little bit, a little bit, a little bit curious, but don't, but don't worry, guys. The company you heard from, CTEH, has it handled. Yeah, it's, you know, it's weird. They're, they're, this company, it's, you know, I'm glad that they've been doing this work, but it doesn't seem very profitable. I wonder, I wonder where their, where their funding's coming from. CTEH, what's that stand for? Can't take enough handouts? Imagine, a good one. That's a good one. But, that was so they are uh, beholden to the whims of our corporate overlords. Which so, corporate overlords specifically? I'm going to talk about. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to quote from a wonderful article from Prospect.org. Oswald Copperpot. Quote: Arkansas-based CTEH, which is their first problem. They're from fucking Arkansas. Oh, fucking Arkansas. Yep, uh, has engaged in thousands of what they call projects across the country including 77 in ohio formed in 1997 cteh claims to help companies governments and communities communities last prepare for respond and recover from threats to their environment and people it didn't take long for the company to become a go-to resource for corporations seeking to reassure residents after environmental calamities two industries appeared to be most prominent on the list oil gas and rail greenwashing this is a greenwashing pr firm in 2010 then reps uh, Lo lois caps and peter welch wrote to bp ceo tony hayward warning him to not use cteh to monitor health exposures of workers cleaning up the deep water horizon spill cteh has a history of being hired by companies accusing accused of harming public health and releasing findings depending the corporate interests that employ them the lawmakers wrote critics charge that because of cteh's employer the company is liable for damages they have enormous incentives to underreport. They're paid to say everything is okay, one toxicologist told the Times. CTEH findings have been cited by companies in litigation, and its test results have been wielded as evidence to persuade residents to not sue. In 2020, industry groups brought a CTEH toxicologist to a Colorado oil and gas con uh, conservation commission hearing where she dismissed the risks of oil and gas drilling to nearby residents. Isn't that great? Oh my God. This, this place sounds totally above board, yeah, right? Yeah, no, there's nothing fishy about that. Excuse my, my earlier uh, incredulousness. There, there's no way that this place sounds fishy at all. Um, 
I was just gonna. Wow, I just. God, I haven't in seen Alan look this dead inside in a while. <laughs> to, uh, don't worry, he's gonna look more dead inside. To continue from prospect.org, in a statement, Dr. Paul Noni, senior vice president and principal toxicologist of CTEH, insisted to the prospect that the company followed prescribed federal guidelines. Our scientists conduct environmental monitoring and sampling according to plans approved and directed by the incident commanders of each response, including federal, state, and local stakeholders, Noni said. Samples are all sent to a third-party, nationally accredited, environmental laboratories and analyzed by approved methods with results provided to relevant governmental entities. But CTEH's methodology has been repeatedly criticized. In one case, CTEH obtained soil samples from multiple locations after Hurricane Katrina at odds with the EPA guidelines. And another, the company used a low-volume monitor at a Tennessee coal ash spill that were alleged to not be in EPA compliance. The Chinese drywall from a manufacturer called Canoof Plasterboard, which CTH determined to be safe, was later the subject of a 2011 settlement with homeowners worth between $600 million and $1 billion. Did you guys ever hear about the, the Chinese drywall issue? Uh, a $1 billion settlement? No, I didn't. So, between, like, 2002 and 2007... Oh, it's um, because I was seven. That's why. Mm -hmm. So, between 2002 and 2007, um, you know, Hurricane Katrina is one of them, but a lot of hurricanes hit the, you know, the Gulf, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of houses were destroyed. Oops, sorry about that. A lot of houses were destroyed so new builds were happening and uh these companies cheaped out on the drywall right which you never fucking do you never cheap out on the goddamn drywall you sons of bitches I, I what a construction oh, in, in the wake of katrina there was a, a brad pitt uh and angelina jolie built a bunch of quote-unquote sustainable uh homes uh, yeah, they're probably full of Chinese drywall. No, no, they were they were like this uh, biodegradable composite material, but it was like a fucked up scam, and it ended up falling apart. Uh, yeah, and it's it, it's actually super interesting, and uh, we might might even be like an episode worthy. But yeah, but the nuts. the the issue with this uh, this drywall from Canoof was that um, it the drywall was contaminated with sulfur. So, you know, when it gets warm, like it typically does, you know, on the Gulf Coast, it oxidizes. it oxidizes, and then your house smells like sulfur, for one thing, and number two, sulfur oxides is very bad for you. Like, like... I've I've seen reports from people that say um, like they had to replace their air conditioning coils every like three months because it was just coated in sulfur oxide. Yeah, I can imagine just constantly condensing on them. Just mm -hmm. Big, if, if you've never seen it, it's wild. It's like just big yellow crystals, just fucking. Yeah, and you, and they would like go inside, like you pull out like a like a. You pull out like a uh, you know like electrical socket. You pull it out, and on the wires, it's just fucking sulfur dust. Yeah. Which is not good for you. And don't worry, CTH said everything was fine, and they found no no problems with yeah, it whatsoever. Sulfur dust, you're crazy. Yeah, what sulfur dust? Sulfur oxide, no. Yep. Um, in a 2019 story in Grist, further detailed CTEH's alleged mishandling of toxicology reports, including work done at a chemical explosion in Houston that one toxicologist described as a, quote, sloppy job. CTEH has popped up numerous times after derailments. Norfolk Southern has hired it on at least true two occasions after a 2005 wreck and chlorine leak in Graniteville, South Carolina, and a crash in Jefferson County, Georgia in 2019. In 2012, a CSX train carrying flammable materials like butadine, but, butadine, butadine, 
Fuck these chemicals, dude. Fucking nerds. Butadiene derailed in Jefferson County, Kentucky, and CTH was hired to monitor the crash site, declaring it safe to begin cleanup efforts. Two days after the incident, workers Leonardo Carrillo and Gregory Powers used an acetylene torch to cut through a piece of the train, and it caused an immediate flash fire, and Carrillo and Powers suffered severe burns. Eventually, CSX and CTEH settled a lawsuit with the two workers for $18.5 million. But don't worry, Norfolk Southern and CTH's parent company, Montrose Environmental, have major shareholders such as uh, hedge funds, maybe you heard of them, BlackRock and Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, I just like that they use the same kind of turn of phrase that I would use to describe, like, how I mop at work, uh, uh, an environmental disaster, a fucking sloppy job. It's a sloppy sloppy job. job. Fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. Oh, I put too much pine saw in the mop bucket. I did a sloppy job. No, they fuck. Oh, there's, there's a little residue left. Hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. I know you're mad now, but don't worry. I'm ending the episode on the thing that's really gonna gonna bring it all back here. Uh, I'm gonna fucking strangle myself. Remember how I quoted uh, two, two representatives, two House members earlier? No, it's relevant. So they cited Fuck. a New York Times article noting that CTEH provided clean toxicology reports after oil spills from Hurricane Katrina, Louisiana in 2005, a coal ash spill in two, uh, Tennessee in 2008, after regulations, uh, after allegations of Chinese drywall in Florida in 2010, pronouncements that were later called into question by lawsuits. CTEH even found business in Ecuador, arguing in alignment to its client Chevron that there were no cancerous agents left behind from oil drilling in the rainforest in a long-running case that resulted in environmental activist Stephen Donzinger going to prison. It's the same company. Dude, you kept saying it, and I was like, no, that's like a different entity. Like, because I kept seeing them, I'm like, oh, I knew they were like a Chevron, like, affiliated thing, but I thought they were like a Chevron in-house thing. I had no idea that they were like the fucking, the, the wolf, but for the corporate fucking monsters. Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. I hate, hate, I hate, I hate. I hate. I hate. Yep. I have no mouth and I must scream. Uh, so, that's Norfolk Southern. I guess we'll see what happens from here. Oh I'm sure God. it's going to be a lot of greenwashing and a lot of bullshit. If corporations are people, can I be... Can I be pursued legally for threatening to shoot them to death in a back alley? Yes. Good. Well, then I would never do that. Yeah, of course. That would be legally libelous, That's... and we wouldn't do that. Exactly. But also, fuck them. But also, fuck them. That's not illegal to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. we can absolutely say that. <laughs> fuck you, you piece of shit. Can't, can't sue me for shit. Fuck them. Alright, so that's it, boys. I I am I gonna chew this, through my own limbs. This is great. I feel great. I'm glad I took all those extra edibles at the end there, because I'm really gonna I'm gonna need this. I'm Dude. I'm gonna go chew an executive's face off. Oh I my God. I'm gonna go watch I'm gonna go watch network in an empty room uh, <laughs> on a bare mattress projected onto a wall uh, while I clean my thirty eight revolver. <laughs> Just fucking build a cabin in Montana. I'm gonna go meticulously type out a fucking manifesto and uh, put it in the mail, ship it to fucking East Lansing. Now I'm gonna start a dinosaur zoo in Costa Rica. Oh, there you go. And then we're gonna All have right. an episode about me. Clever girl! Well, uh, kisses. Yeah, Love you all. Be safe, Thanks for everyone. listening.
Don't breathe in the death plume. Don't, yeah, don't breathe in the vinyl chloride. Eventually, we'll have my dad on the podcast, and he won't just be a cryptid that I talk about. Ohioans, now's the time. Expatriate yourself to the greater Michigan land. Become the, the best you you can be. We don't fucking want them. I will take their refugees, okay? I'll be I'll be the Statue of Liberty posted up at the fuck. But hey, hey, fine as long you know, as they here's stay the out of Macomb County. This is, Don't look honestly, for any handouts. That's all what I'm a saying. Fucking, what a what an what an extend what a fucking extended release W, the fucking Toledo War was for Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, now with all this vinyl chloride up in that bitch, so glad boy, that we... Boy, <laughs> Michigan just out here catching dubs. Christ. All right. Uh, well, thank right. you for listening once again to Worst in the Industry. Yep. Kisses. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. I could probably get a deal with coke. If I wasn't rapping about the past back, dealing dope. Got the offer and it's real low. Over one mil and it's still low. They all corporate, they all cute in suits. Yeah, on bullshit with all that poop to scoop. My shit going up. I go root to roof. They don't like that. They want mute the truth. They gon' switch sides. They go group to group. They want shoot the shit. Ain't got shit to shoot till I go crazy. Go and get the baby shit.